I think that sanity is knowing when you're being insane. Clarity mm-hmm. is knowing when you're not being clear. It's, it's, a, it's a hard day when you're not clear and you don't know that you're not clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a bad day for everybody. <laughs> if you're not clear, you don't know that you're clear. But when, when, you're, when I'm not clear, everyone who's close to me knows I'll, I'll say I'm, I'm not clear. I'm, I'm off. Right. I'm off. I know I'm off. My daughter will be like, mom, go take your meds. Meaning go meditate. Right. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, you need to go take your meds. It's like, I know I'm crazy. Right. She's like, yeah, you're crazy. So it's wonderful to know that. Yeah. Because then you can get back home. That was author Esther Nicholson, the founder of soul recovery. I love her ideas about recovering the soul, which align with all of my recover yourself work so beautifully. So much of what we talk about can't be described in words. I mean, we try to, but we can only point you in the direction of the truth. We can't help you see it because you see, you are the truth and all that you experience is truth. But first we have to know what we are adding to the story so we can actually see ourselves as that truth. Esther and I agree that we are our own higher power. And being able to feel vulnerable to what's going on around us is going to move us closer to being that higher power. Esther has 34 years in recovery and talks with me about some discoveries that she's made over that time. What we look at throughout this episode in a roundabout way is the depth of the work that needs to be done when we're recovering ourselves. So much of what we do in the places we stand, the arguments we hold, all exist due to being led by our ego. However, it's not our ego that has the answers we seek. We are connected to God completely. Really, we are all God and we create the universe every moment. If you're looking to understand and do the work it takes to recover yourself, I'm always open to working with new clients and helping people see themselves very often for the first time. Once again, um, Esther, thank you so much for being with me. I so appreciate your time. It is my pleasure to be here. Thank you. So um, our messages are very, very similar. And that's something that I got really excited about as soon as I saw your work. And would you be able to just kind of go in a little bit and talk about what it is you do and what your message is behind all that you do? Yeah, my work. I'm the founder and author of Soul Recovery, um, and, and even more than the founder and the author of Soul Recovery, I be Soul Recovery. It's like I live it, you know. I've I've had to learn it, and I'm continuing to unfold into it because I believe that it's the truth, you know. And and what that truth is based in is that we are not here to recover from addiction. We're not here to recover from some financial crisis or some sickness or anything that we think that we're recovering from. The word recover actually means to recover something that's been lost. You can't recover something that you never had, right? And so we're about recovering that essential nature of wholeness that we were created, that we was, was created out of. You know, we, we was created out of wholeness, our essential nature of wholeness. And that may have been beaten out of us emotionally or physically and just by the dust and grit of the journey and the environment that uh, we was born into, right? And so we've been conditioned uh, to believe in something other than our wholeness, our magnificence, our truth, Mm -hmm. right? 
We've been conditioned by our familial beliefs, our ancestral beliefs, our generational beliefs, our environmental beliefs, right? That has nothing to do with who you are on an authentic level. Right. Who you are authentically is wholeness and beauty and freedom and peace and joy and love. And, um, and we've forgotten that. And so recovery, soul recovery, is about recovering the soul. The soul is the part of us where, that, where nothing has been hurt, harmed, or endangered. It is just pure stillness and light and love, right? Yeah. So we're here to recover that, to remember, yeah. to rediscover that. And it's from that recovery that our world of effects start to match that. Right now, a lot of people, your world of effect, your external world, might be a match for the false identity that you've taken on, mm-hmm. right? right? And what most of us are addicted to is getting the external world to fix us or to make us feel better, and that's backwards. The external world is never going to change to make you feel better. Or if it changes to make you feel better, it's only temporary, right? Because it's fickle, first of all. But so it's really about us coming back home to our authentic self, recovering that part of us, which is wholeness. And then that changes our external world. Oh, man. So recover yourself is all about that because yourself, right? Like that is like in, in, in my terminology, I say like that self you're recovering is God, like God within you right? Like that within you, that is pure, that within you, that like that real yourself, not the self that you think about, not the self that you can see, not the self that you, you know, like that does stuff like, but bigger than that, like, and that's what like, you know, like, and when I talk about recovery, I'm always talking about like changing it from an intransitive verb to a transitive verb, right? Because recovering from is intransitive, nothing changes, Nothing changes when you're recovering from. You just stop doing something. That's right. That's BFD. Right. But the recovery of. Right. Recovery. And I see recovering to. Right. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. The recovery of that which has always been there all the time Ooh. is transformative. It changes everything. Right. And I love that we have some of the same like hand motions as well. We talk about like, like I'm like, oh, that's nice. We're just like, oh, because we're, like these things are so abstract within our language. Language can't really encapsulate everything that we're talking about. No, no. And that's that's the difference between uh, an intellectual or cognitive understanding of God, spirit versus an experience. You know, it, it, it can't be described, you know, um, but it can be felt and it can be experienced. And even when people who, you know, might have never had that spiritual experience before, when you're around them, they know that they feel, they think it's you that they're attracted to. Really. Right. But what they're really attracted to is that part of you that is wholeness, that is really them. Right. You know, they're attracted to oh my God, I, I see the real me in there somewhere and it's yeah. in me, but they don't know it, right? right. So yeah. I tell people who feel so attracted to me, I tell them, baby, you're just seeing you. That's right. <laughs> you're just, yeah. Yeah, I get to see me in you, right. you know, and 
And if you look away from me and that hurts me, I have to look at me and ask, where am I looking away from me? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's so powerful. That is so powerful when we finally get there. And it's, and it's not that, you know, we're not spiritual beings in this human incarnation that we're continuing to unfold and that we still don't get our feelings hurt. I still get my feelings hurt. Mm -hmm. but, <laughs> but now, instead of taking it so personally and blaming it on you, I might do that initially, right? But it's so awesome that I have this, these tools and I have this awareness of not pulling over and parking there and saying, okay, boo, you got, you, you got to go do your work because you fucked up right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right now. You know what I mean? It's like, you got to go do your work. And it's like, where are you abandoning you? Where, where are you still conditioned to abandon yourself that you're seeing this reflected in this other person? And and it's like when I can go and within and do that kind of work and then come back home to that part that doesn't know anything about abandonment. Abandonment is not a spiritual principle. You know, rejection is not a spiritual principle. It's not based in reality. It's, it's, it's something that we made up, right? And so it's so powerful to get back to that place. You know, people say, you know, oh, I'm going to take my power back from this person that you know, I was so mad at. And I'm like, boo, you don't have the power to take your power back because you never had the power to give it away. Right. You know, but you do have the power to remember your power. Mm. Go on. Your power. Right. And, and I want to get into how, how, how did you figure it out? <laughs> like, you know, because like for me, it, it was like, there were certain points where I was like, oh yeah, it's bigger, it's bigger, it's bigger, it's big. And it just, until now where there's still, like I know there's still a limit in my mind, uh -huh. but- That's the beauty. I'm is that you know always, that. yeah. And I'm always gonna push through that, right? And it's not, and I mean, I talk to people that, you know, I mean, I do an initial phone call with people when I'm gonna do an interview and they, they get on the phone. There's like, no, no, no. I wouldn't say that there's anything that I'm struggling with. I'm just like, I can't. I can't do anything with that, right? Like when we know that we're still working, that's right. we, we get to continue to grow. God, I know I'm still working. Yes. Yeah. But the beauty is, is to know that. Like, because there was a time during my evolution when I thought that, oh, okay, I'm here. I've, I've arrived, right? Or I didn't know that. I didn't know that I didn't know. I didn't know that there were higher dimensions that, that I didn't have access to yet, you know, right. which I think makes the pain that much more acute. But mm. with where I am now of, of understanding, it's like, wow, okay, so enlightenment doesn't have, you know, a stop sign, right? It's, it's like, and scripture says, and I love incorporating scripture and all kinds of wonderful ancient healings and teachings into the 12 steps and all of that. And scripture says, my thoughts are higher. My thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. So every time I get stuck in thinking that I know something, I go into, but there's a power within me that knows more than this. Right. That knows more than even what I think I know right now. And I'm just yeah. available to that and I'm receptive to that. Right. Oh, so today I had a, I, I do this recover yourself discussion group now, um, Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. And, and, and today we talked about vulnerability 
-hmm. vulnerability, you know, today because of COVID-19 and all this, like, um, vulnerability about like getting sick or vulnerability about how our economy is just, you know, crashing because of, you know, vulnerability. <laughs> and, and, um, I talk a, a lot about putting up that facade and everybody doing it and everybody in culture doing it. We're strong, we're strong, we're strong. And yet it's just hiding weakness, right? Like how, how does, and I, I guess this is a question just for me and, and, and in this conversation, um, how is vulnerability showing up within you today? Well, I have not felt vulnerable or anxious in terms of the virus itself mm. because of the work that I do, right? I just, and I'm, you know, and, and I'm cautious to not be in denial mm -hmm. about what's happening, but also not giving into it as well. Right. Like mm -hmm. being prudent about what we're being asked to do, but just not letting that take over my head. And right. I actually have a, a class tomorrow night on um, connecting to stillness, safety, and peace in times of uncertainty, right? Like, so I was doing that before this happened. And so I always talk about, you know, what you're putting in your, in your account, like your, your deposits in your spiritual account so that when something like this happens, it's not that it's not a concern. It's not that you're not looking at it, but it's not taken me over. It's not taken over my life. Now, where it hit me, where it hit my vulnerability is that I'm a speaker. And so I travel all over the, the, the world, you know, doing keynote talks and all of that. Well, I've had like four or five things canceled on me. This is how I make my living. You yep. know, this is, this is my passion. This is what I do. And um, so it was last, I'm just coming out of it from last week where I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. Yeah. And like, looking at my finances and it's like, what's going on. And I felt that fear. And I was like, you know, just really noticing that and just kind of feeling kind of frozen, like, you know, okay, all right. You know, I have to like recalibrate my, my business and all of that kind of stuff. And, it's, and, and feeling in that moment, like frozen, like, what do I do? And then because I don't like feeling that way, not only because I don't like feeling that way, but because I practice the presence of God so much that I know it's not necessary that I hang out there, right. that I immediately start saying, bring me home, God, bring me home, bring me home so that I can feel the peace, so that I can feel the clarity and the certainty, not in what's going on out there, but in what's going on in here. Let me know that these engagements that canceled or my work is not my source, but my source is my connection to the divine and that it will reveal exactly how I need to be sourced. But I had to walk through that. Mm. Probably still walking through a little bit of that today. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm really just now getting grounded um, in that again. Right. Because I'm not willing to hang out in fear and, mm -hmm. and anxiety and, and, and like all of that, you know, I tell people, you know, you don't go to the restaurant or the grocery store when you're starving, man, you know, so don't, be like looking for jobs and all that kind of stuff out of this place of desperation right. come from a place of centeredness and knowing who your source is so that that which is for you can 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 reveal itself so that's been my vulnerability and then yesterday 
I was doing so well, like with my eating and my drinking, my water and all that kind of stuff. And yesterday it's like, bam, that mental blank spot happened. I had, and I went and got some sugar and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? And so I just had to kind of be compassionate with myself about that. And today I'm back on track and yeah. that's, that's what's happening. Yeah, so <laughs> I I love it, man, because like I actually like what you expressed could have just been me in those states because like it on Monday last week. So a week ago today is when I really understood like all of the stuff that's going on. And um, it was Wednesday that all of my workshops for this week were clear. They were canceled. And so I was like, okay, well, I got to figure my shit out. So so I, I just, you know. Thursday and Friday were just kind of like deer in headlights. I mean, I was doing stuff, of course, like, like this isn't like I laid in bed for 15 hours a day. Right. Like, but I was kind of low energy and just kind of like doing a lot of stillness. And then I decided, okay, we're moving online and, and that's fine. That was something I was thinking about doing anyway and all of it. And it all really lined up and here I am today. And, and uh, I, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better and I'm, and I'm doing my shit and I'm, and I'm going through and, and making it all, you know, just getting back in my like routine, right. Getting back yeah, in like, wake it. up, I'm journal, fine. exercise. Duh. Yeah. I had a great workout this morning. It was great. It felt so good to be outside. And um, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm starting to feel normal. Again. That's <laughs> right. So, yeah. And it's, and it's beautiful. Cause you know, um, this is this is the journey this is like like knowing that there's stuff you know i i mentioned this morning in my in my group like a lot of people think i when i say oh no i'm doing fine you know like i'm good with this they a lot of people often think that like oh well you're minimizing and i'm like well no i just understand the 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 depth of things a little bit more right like it's not that like even though i'm a deer in headlights i'll express that but i'm not gonna like go engage in it right like engage in being down there right like i'm just like okay like i'll spend my time there that i need to spend and then i'm out and then i'm like all right now what absolutely Because, because how we come out of this has everything to do with how we're going to be in it. That's you know, right. Uh, Ayala Van has a great book called There's Value in the Valley, right? And the value in the valley is who am I, what's unfolding? What is emerging through me? What am I learning here? What, what illusions and blocks am I releasing in the midst of this thing right now? Which has everything to do with how powerfully and how successfully I come out of it. That's just yeah. the law. That's just universal law. Yeah. So I'm not saying to be in denial or, right. not, you know, to not um, acknowledge that you're in fear, because I think to acknowledge that is the only way it can heal. It's the only way that it can move, right? Um, but no, you don't get to pull over and park there. And That's I tell right. Clients, I tell that to myself. It's like we can't afford it. You can't afford to pull over and park there. If this is not what you want to create for your future, then acknowledge this. You know. Let's suck on the passive pot fire for a minute, touch our tummies, be with our inner children, all that kind of stuff, and then get up, get up, do your spiritual work, do your spiritual work, and come home and allow this infinite power that is within you. You know, that's why the second step says we came to believe 
that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. The power greater than myself, which is your true self, by the way, which is the real, <laughs> right? yep. the highest version of you can restore you beyond your limited perception. Your limited perception is not going to figure this out. Mm. So stop trying from your limited perception. Scripture says, you know, how can you add one cubit to your stature by worrying? I can't add anything to my wholeness by worry and fear, right? Mm-hmm. But I can, I can reveal the perfection. I can reveal the wholeness by doing my work, by my meditation, by my journaling, by my um, forgiveness work, by my surrendering, you know, all of that kind of stuff that your work and soul recovery talks about. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do the work that we talk about because we have to. Yeah, I mean that's that's the only way we're gonna know it because ain't nobody else out there. Like this isn't this isn't you know like there's there's a lot of really great work out there, um, but we're saying know your anger, know those things that you don't want to know of yourself because they're gonna lead you home. Mm-hmm. Your happiness too. Like I talk about, I talk about triggers and I talk about triggers that make you exceedingly happy and triggers that make you exceedingly upset. Both of them are triggers. Well, and both of them are designed to lead you home, not That's to right. into neutral, you know, right. and, and have you pull over and park there. But, you know, they're messages. It's information, you know, um, to, to support you in allowing that which is within you that needs to be healed to be healed. This whole experience is a healing. Mm-hmm. This whole experience is a healing. It's about our perception. You know, if we look at this as like the worst thing that's ever happened and all of that kind of stuff and we're in terror and all of that, then of course that's going to be your experience. But if we can look at this as, wow, what a gift that is forcing us to go deeper than we've ever gone before. Mm-hmm. And every time I'm forced to go deeper than I've ever gone before, it's like, God, that sucks. But thank you. I love you so much. That's right. <laughs> right? It is, it is not easy to continue digging. And people that get exhausted by it because they're early, you know, they're early in the process. You know, it's tiresome. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like you, you, you got to put your thoughts on trial. And then you realize how many of those thoughts you need to put on trial. Well, look, that's why, too. You know, I know that we're speaking to your audience. Yeah. So I don't know how far along they are in the process. But we also understand that people that are in the beginning of this process, you're not going to know how to do this by yourself. Mm -mm. You know, Um, so the stuff that I may be saying or the stuff that you might be saying, it's like, I remember at a time when I was at a place in consciousness where it's like, this just would not, even you're saying this would scare me. Right. Because my ego would be saying, well, what? I have to release control. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so it would be scarier to hear this conversation that you and I are, ha- are hearing. Mm-hmm. And then there are some people that, that will be listening to this. It's like, I have a feeling for that. But how do you do it? Right. right. But how do you do it? You know, and so that's where I come in. And that's where someone like you come in where, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, this is what we do. Reach out to us and hook up with us so that we can support you in knowing how to do this. And, you know, what we're talking about, we're showing you, hey, look, you know, we're still working through our stuff, too. But it's so much more powerful to work through your stuff. I'd rather work through my stuff in God any day than work through my stuff thinking that I'm alone. That's right. Right? Yeah. 
So, um, you know, getting back to brass tacks of what this podcast is going to be, like, how much time do you have? How much clean time do you have? 24 years. Of 24 years. 34 oh, years. 34 years. Oh, yeah. man. Um, in your time, what have you discovered about your patterns within your recovery? Like, and not just within your recovery, it's in your life at this point, right? That's right. What I've discovered is that when I am in emotional and spiritual relapse, when I'm disconnected from my soul, mm -hmm. that as Maya Angelou would say, I'm in danger and I'm dangerous. I know that. The stats are in, and I'm clear about that. And that has nothing to do with drugs and alcohol, right? Mm -hmm. That when, mm -hmm. I'm, when I'm clean from you know drugs and alcohol 34 years or any mind altering anything you know for 34 years which you know and it talks about that in the some book right like that's just the that's just the icing on, on the cake right that's necessary yeah but the real work began like after that mm. right and 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 it says in the big book there's a long road of reconstruction ahead reconstruction mm. right and man, has my road of reconstruction. Um, it's been painful. It's been painful, you know, as I've gotten up off of the floor out of the fetal position so many times, like going to each level of evolution um, in the uncertainty of who I am and all of that, and then finding God again right mm. and then acting on self-will again and getting disconnected again and then and then finding and then finding myself again and it's, it's like it, it just all you know all of these different areas you know uh with you know learning learning about money and finances and learning and embodying that oh money doesn't come to me money comes through me and what is my consciousness about that? And how was I raised in relation to that? Like, how was I conditioned around that? And then healing that whole thing, you know? Right. Um, you know, uh, uh, my healing in relationships with men. You know, I used to say, you know, I used to hold on to a relationship until my nails were bloody, right? Because I always, I went into it expecting abandonment and rejection. Mm. Not knowing that, again, that was some childhood stuff, some childhood conditioning. Um, so just learning all these things and just, just allowing like layer after layer after layer to be dissolved. And sometimes it felt like, you know, ripped away from me. Who's that? Was it Michelangelo that said he, his sculptures came by? They, they were already in this. Yeah. yeah. At what didn't belong there, God. Right. Um, being a teenage mother, you know, and, and, and making amends to my daughter over and over and over again, and knowing the difference between that and hanging out in guilt. Um, so I think that what I've learned more than anything, without trying to sound pious or anything like that, is that truly, 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 without my relationship with God, I'm fucked. And that, and, that, and that that's the most important thing in my life. And that is a relationship with that with, which is within you. Which is within me. Absolutely. The you truth know, of myself. So I say, you know, it's not about becoming new. It's about becoming true. Oh, oh go on. <laughs> right? 
it's not, a, it's not about becoming new, you know, it's about becoming true because here's what I know too. And y'all who's listening, you know, this isn't coming from an arrogant place, but when you start to know your oneness with the divine, it's, it's, it's like this divine entitlement, like kind of thing, right? Mm. It's like, I know my greatness. It's like, I know my greatness and I know that it's not coming from an ego place, but I know that when I'm blocked from it through fear and unworthiness and all that stuff, I can't access it. Right. So it's like, so, you know, so this work is about releasing the inner splendor. It's like releasing that talent and that greatness that you are, you were created to be. And so I think tapping into that and knowing that that's there and not being willing to allow that to die with me is really powerful. Oh, man, is it powerful. Even saying it is like, I'm like, whoa, yes. Um, it's just so like, I mean, we've, we've, we've touched on so many things already. Um, what is something that you felt would never change about you that not only has changed, but has changed to such a degree that like you couldn't even believe that that was a thought of yours? That I would want my daughter. Oh, snap that I would want my daughter. I mean, I got pregnant at 16, like the first time I ever had sex. My dad was a Baptist minister. You know, I grew up in this really religious family. And so I had my baby and I didn't want to have a baby. I just wanted to experience, experience sex for the first time. And being a minister's daughter, of course, I was totally ignorant about sex and protection and all that kind of stuff. And so for the first 17 years of her life, I did not want to be a mother. I was angry. I was resentful. I felt trapped. I felt imprisoned. And I just, I remember calling my sponsor, spiritual advisor. I would just cry because I loved her. Of course. But I didn't know how to love her. Right. And I felt like she was in my way. Mm -hmm. I never thought that, that that could shift or that that could change and it's like, wow, to have this being in my life, my baby, my daughter, who I adore more than anything. She is the sweetest creature on the planet and my best friend. Sometimes when I'm talking to her on the phone, I'm like, am I talking to myself? Like, who am I talking to? Wow. It's like, I'm like, where did you get all that wisdom from? She's like, you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and just the things that we do together and, um, uh, cooking together and just being together and just knowing that we're there for each other. Um, and it's like, she's me. She's like my heart. She's a part of me. It's like, I never thought that that would heal. Ever. Yeah. And, and so that is a demonstration of that. This power within us, when we really do our work, when we really surrender, it can heal anything. To be able to face that you didn't love your daughter, or you'd loved her, of course, you didn't want your daughter, right? Mm -hmm. um, that shows the depth of the work that needs to be done. Like, you're not afraid of who you were because of who you are. Mm -hmm. And that is soul recovery, right? That is like recovering that which cannot be hurt. You are not threatened by the world around you. You are not a victim of anything. You're not a victim of of anything you were given a task 
And here you are embracing that task. That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, what are some things in your life today that you're still looking at as being pacifiers, as being things that, you know, you utilize to check out? Of Definitely food. Um, oh. And, um, and there's been a huge healing and huge shift around that as well. You know, like I, like I don't feel the compulsion to go out and binge and like binge for weeks and all of that kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, like I used to, right. Where I couldn't function or something like that in the, in the early days of, of my recovery. Now it's more like, um, it's, it's even more insidious because I don't have a weight issue. Right. And because I work out and, and because I stay clean most of the time because it keeps me centered. And I love feeling clean and good. And I love really good food, you know, and I've learned how to cook really healthy, good food that still appeases my, my taste buds. Right. Right. But every once in a while, when I get a little stressed or I'm exhausted, you know, you put me on a couple of airplanes and I'm speaking you know, two or three times and I'm seeing six clients, all of a sudden, all of my resistance goes and it's like, I just want some shit. Right. <laughs> and, and then, um, so what I'm looking at now is like, yeah, sweetie, but, and you know, but it hurts you, you know, it's like it, it screws with your gut. So what is that saying that you're doing something that even though you're not doing it the way you used to do it and it's not having the effect that it used to have, it's still causing you, some issues. Uh-huh. So, so I'm looking at that. You know? Yeah. Last month I ran out and, you know, went to, to Panera Bread again and, and got some sugar. And like, um, I noticed uh, this morning, I was like dizzy and nauseous. It's like, well, that's not fun. Mm-hmm. What's that? Right? Yep. And yeah. we're doing this work. So we know what's that from? Oh, Sugar, right? You, like once you start, once you start knocking out all those little things, just like, oh wait, I had some caffeine the other day. Like, yeah. yep, no, no, gotta keep. And I think that the more evolved that you get, the more sensitive your body gets, right? It just does not tolerate that kind of crap. Well, because you're not tolerating that kind of crap. Because I'm not tolerating that kind of crap, right? Right, like in your in your spiritual sense, in your in your like you're not tolerate you're not tolerating talking down to yourself. You're not tolerating like apathy. You're not tolerating checking out. And so when you do that with your body, your spirit goes, Mm-mm-mm. you know, your body's your body's in line. Like, yeah. you know, that you have chemical, physical, and uh, emotional. Right, like that's food. Um, your emotions, like the sense of your emotions, and then your body. And it's like you get two of those in line. The other one's going to follow, That's you know, right. so if you, if you get your emotions in check and if you get your, your, your body in check, you're exercising and you get your emotions in check, your diet's going to follow right along. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, my body's like, so we're still messing around with that. <laughs> right. <laughs> like how'd that work for you this time? It's like, it still doesn't work. Right. And it's like, oh, but that, but that, but those, you know, that, that 20 minutes before I felt bloated. Yeah, that was nice. You know, like while I was eating the cookie, like that was like, my mouth was like, Oh, tingly and stuff. And then it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the bloating came and And then then the next morning I had to get over it. Like, yeah. So that's something that I'm definitely still looking at. Um, 
I look at isolating a little bit because I travel so much and I see so many clients that I think I'm an introvert, extrovert kind of person. And, and I also call it balance that it's like, there are times when I just can't be around anymore, you know, but I think that interferes with my joy stick a little bit. It's like, I need to have more fun. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, because like workaholism, right? Like that's another thing that could be getting in the way of everything. Yeah, just yeah. like, oh, my work is tied to my value in some way. And and yeah. like, that's something that I know that I, I struggle with that all the time. Like, like I have to be doing something. And then like, I had someone tell me, you don't always have to be doing something. Yeah. And then I was just like, right. Okay. Well, let me do something. <laughs> and I'm like, no, chill right. out. Like literally giving myself permission, saying, I give you permission today to let it go, to take the yeah. day off, to have some fun, or to just rest. I give you permission today. Because I love laughing until I pee. I love laughing until I cry. And I don't have enough of those moments. So I'm calling forth more of those moments. What were some other things that you found yourself uh, having an addictive relationship to? Um. I remember saying this prayer about relationships with men Yeah. that either I was addicted to getting into a relationship, obsessed about getting into a relationship. When I was in the relationship, obsessed about either keeping it or getting rid of it. And then after the relationship was over, obsessed about the mourning and the grieving of it and then obsessing about getting into another one. So realizing that I'd never been in this place of absolute freedom to be alone. And like before crack cocaine and alcohol and all of that, I tell people I was addicted to fear and I was addicted to men, right? I was addicted to fear and I was addicted to boys or men, you know, whatever, whatever age I, I happened to be at that time. And of course we know that means being addicted to looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for that validation and that, you know, you want me, you love me, I'm beautiful, blah, 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 which I consider to be, you know, I call that the mother love wound. You know, I had, I had the love wound. Right. And, um, and so for years, it was like one relationship after the other, either I was trying to get into one or, I was struggling with the one I was in or mourning it because it had left or, and then trying to get into another one. I remember that day when I was like, I'm so ready to be free from this. And it was scary to release the need to be in a relationship, the need to leave a relationship, the need to whatever. Hmm. It was scary because my ego was like, well, what if that means you're never in a relationship again? (laughs) Right. If you release all of, all of those trap doors, you know, what if that means you're telling God you don't want to be in a relationship again? And, um, and somehow God handled that. And I found myself, I've, you know, being single and being like so clear, getting so clear. You know, when you get so clear about who you are, that you would marry yourself. Oh, man. <laughs> like, like when you like get so clear that you're the prize. And that, you know, you've seen on the back of those cars, you know, that they might have children in the car and the bumper sticker says precious cargo, be careful. Oh, okay, yeah. It's like this, my heart is precious cargo. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like just being very mindful of where I share my energy and who I share my energy with. I love everybody, but everybody don't mm-hmm. get it, right? Like, because mm-hmm. I know what this is. And That's right. to, to have that kind of self-worth today um, is really, really powerful. And so that has been yeah. a win in my life. Oh man, that's beautiful. And I have to say, I resonate with that completely. Like coming to a place where it's like, I'm the person that I've always been in a relationship with, even when I was with other people, but they were showing me those things about me that I couldn't be with. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really powerful and it's powerful to not be in a place of need, you know? Um, and I would love to share my heart and my life and my love with my beloved. And, um, I've had friends say, well, you know, how do you know? And it's like, you know what? I I have no idea what he looks like. I have no idea what that is. I know what it feels like and I'll know it when I, when I, when I feel it. And, And other than that, you know, it's like, I'm, I, I'd rather spend my time doing other things that I love to do than just to share my inner, that kind of energy with someone who's not, you know, not that for me because right. I'm, because I'm clear. I'm clearer. Yes. Than I've never been about my value and my worth and, and what's important to me. So Ugh. that's taken a lot of recovery and a lot of spiritual and emotional maturing. For sure. Yes. Speaking of clear, um, thinking clearly, how long have you been able to be in a space of clear thinking as you understand it today? I understand it. I would say probably in all transparency, probably the last 13 or 15 years. Okay. You know, and then going in and out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So I would say, you know, the last uh, 12 or 13 years of like it really just coming together. Mm-hmm. spiritually and emotionally for me, like really getting clear. But then I would have to say consistently and really being connected probably the last two years. Okay. And even in that, having my moments. Like when, you know, shit hits the fan with, COVID-19 and like you have to like I wasn't thinking clearly three days ago right four days ago whatever it was like and I recognize that right which is how I know I'm thinking clearly because I recognize I'm not thinking clearly it's okay that's the beauty of this is um I I think that sanity is knowing when you're being insane clarity Mm -hmm. is knowing when you're not being clear it's it's a it's a hard day when you're not clear and you don't know that you're not clear Mm. (laughs) that's a that's a that's a bad day for everybody (laughs) if you're not clear you don't know that you're clear but when when you're when i'm not clear everyone who's close to me knows i'll I'll say i'm i'm not clear i'm i'm off i'm off i know i'm off my daughter will be like mom go take your meds meaning go meditate right and he's like you need to go take your meds it's like i know i'm crazy right she's like yeah you're crazy so it's wonderful to know that yeah. Because then you can get back home. 
Right. Then you know this is going to change. Because thinking clearly for me always revolves around this too shall pass, right? Yes. Like it always revolves around every, the only constant is change. If you're sitting here thinking this is never going to change and this is the way your life is going to move forward, you're not thinking clearly. You're not thinking clearly. And that's how. Yeah. <laughs> sort of hell, right. right. Because like now it's like, what is happening right now is going to happen for the rest of my life. I'm going to be miserable. I'm going to be alone. I'm going to be hurt. Yeah. But the, the beauty is, it's like, there have been times when I've been in such pain and despair. And I had no idea how it was going to shift or how it was going to move. And I would even say to God within, I have no idea how you're going to pull this one off you've never failed me mm. you've never failed me so here i am all fucked up and you know do your thing yeah. <laughs> i love it it's so beautiful um do you have an instance in your life and i'm sure these you've had plenty of these in which you've woken up one day to the fact that you are a different person like you've been a different person for a while and then something happens that makes you go whoa i would have never said that six months ago absolutely absolutely or or whoa that thing that just happened would have flipped me out like maybe a couple of months ago or a year ago and it's like i'm reacting to it i'm responding to it i'm not reacting to it i'm right. responding to it so differently so right. much than I, than I ever would have before, or just like just having that knowingness of, oh, wow, I'm having a transformational experience here. I'm not the same. Like, right. wow. Yeah, all of that. Can you give me an example? Maybe about six months ago, right, what? where um, I was just in my prayer work, and just declaring um, my value and my worthiness. And sometimes, you know, you say these things to make yourself believe them. Right. Just believing them. And I remember saying this, and it's like, I knew it. I knew that I was. So it was like I wasn't trying to convince myself anymore right. that I'm worthy, that I was valuable, that I was enough, it's like, and, and that I deserved the best. It's like, I knew it. I knew it was right. And I was like, wow, you really mean it. <laughs> so yeah. Like, it was awesome. So that was definitely a turning point for me. Like, yeah. That's beautiful. Cause like, I, I do things like that all the time where it's like, okay, we got to enter it into the, you know, into the files, like that this is possible and this is what I can do. And then at some point down the line, you're like, oh, no, I, I have a, I, the belief I have in that is not if anymore, but it's when. And I'm moving towards it. And if it, I, I'm, I'm so okay with however it wants to show itself. I'm not, I'm not steering hard toward it. Mm -hmm. I am allowing myself to be guided to it. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's powerful. Cause I'm a singer as well. Right. right. So I'm uh, in my office and I'm doing vocal lessons and there was a piece that I just couldn't get. And something in me said, it's okay, you'll get it. And it's like, and I knew it. I was like, yeah. I knew it. Right? It was like, just no sweat. It's like, you'll get it. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's yeah. not like there's no there's no there's no recording going off telling you you're not good enough, or you can't do it, or you can't get it. It's like it's like no, you'll get it. Just yeah, I knew yeah. I already had it. It was just a matter of it, you know, it downloading and integrating the way it needed to. It's like I knew it. It's like right. that's really different. Mm. That's really cool. Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh man, Esther, you're amazing. You are amazing. And I am so happy that you've just taken time. Like I can continue talking with you probably for hours. Um, and and I love that. And I want to be able to stay connected with you and all of this. Um, so um, thank you. You're welcome. I love speaking to people who are really healing themselves because as was mentioned in this episode, when you look at someone who truly loves themselves, you get to see yourself. And that's a palpable feeling when you're open to it. The moment Esther and I connected on this call, I can immediately see the light that she was presenting, which of course is the light that I'm holding. I only hope that I can be that for others as well as I continue my healing journey and I am able to reflect others back to themselves. Esther is the author of Soul Recovery, 12 Keys to Healing Dependence, which bridges the gap between 12-step recovery and metaphysical principles. It can be found on Amazon and takes readers on a journey from disempowerment to divine empowerment. Also, if you sign up for her newsletter at soulrecovery.org, you'll receive 21 days of free meditation downloads. Links to all of this can be found in the description of this episode. Connecting with Esther was such a tremendous gift for me. Without people like her and my other guests, I couldn't ever paint a complete picture of what recovering ourselves looks like. You see, we're each contributing to what recovering ourselves is in our own unique way. Everyone is going to recover themselves differently because we're all so unique. That means there's no concrete answer as to how you are going to do it. Listening to this podcast exposes you to information about how some of us with long-term sobriety have approached and achieved amazing lives filled with the ability to be vulnerable, trust, and to love. I hope this podcast is a light for you, guiding the way to your recovering yourself. This podcast can be used by counselors and groups to discuss big picture recovery and how recovering ourselves is a journey we're all on, regardless of our past. Consider heading over to anchor.fm and supporting this podcast with a donation. While you're there, feel free to leave me a message and comments, suggestions, and criticisms, all of which I would be grateful to receive. If you are someone in long-term recovery and can relate to the concepts presented here, reach out to me on my website or on social media. Once again, I'm your host, Managing Long-Term Sobriety, Martin John, and until next time, keep recovering yourself.